This season of DDX is brought to you by Novartis Gene Therapies. The following case study has been changed to preserve confidentiality. It was the summer of 2021, and a couple in California were about to receive a phone call that would turn their world upside down. Seven days earlier, they were in the hospital where their first child, a little baby boy, was born. It was a successful delivery, and the baby looked healthy. A few hours afterwards, a nurse pricked the infant's heel with a needle to get a few drops of blood for a routine genetic screening. That genetic screening included 80 conditions, including spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, a disease that affects approximately 1 in 11,000 infants. SMA weakens muscles, so much so that breathing and eating can become impossible. In most common variations of the disease, babies born with SMA aren't expected to survive beyond the age of two. And on this day, in June, the phone rang and the couple heard the voice of their pediatrician, informing them that one of the genetic tests had come back positive. The family would later learn that their baby had one of the most severe forms of SMA, called SMA type 1. This condition used to be a death sentence. But not anymore. And what happened over the next 19 days would prove it. This is DDX, a podcast from Figure One about how doctors think. I'm Dr. Raj Bardwaj. And I'm Kim Handysides. Today, Kim is joining me to talk about the importance of genetic screening when it comes to early diagnosis and the management of diseases. We'll begin by looking at how genetic screening works, the way it allows groundbreaking treatments to reach patients earlier, and how it has informed traditional treatments like physical therapy. The prognosis for some life-threatening diseases has been turned on its head. Kim explains. It's well known that specific genetic characteristics can be passed down from parent to child. But understanding the mechanism within DNA that allows a child to inherit, say, blue eyes or curly hair, has been the subject of more recent scientific discovery. One of the major advances that aided scientists in their understanding of inherited traits was the Human Genome Project. The mapping of the human genome decoded the body's DNA and revealed a blueprint that, among many things, allowed inherited traits to be understood and tracked across multiple generations. Aided by the Human Genome Project, geneticists continued the laborious work of matching traits to chromosomes. Over time, they were able to discover which genes caused major genetic illnesses, including cystic fibrosis sickle cell anemia, and Huntington's disease. These are all monogenic conditions, which means they're caused by variation in a single gene. And if you happen to have that variation, the chances of you developing the disease are very high. Other conditions are caused by variations across multiple genes, which makes the work of identifying them much more challenging. In fact, scientists are still working to understand the complex relationship between genes and the development of specific diseases. And even after scientists have matched a genetic sequence to a disease, there are more hurdles to overcome. Before disease management can begin, a tool must be designed to detect the variant genes. And that tool is genetic screening. 
Genetic screening works to determine which people might have a greater likelihood of developing a specific trait or disease, while genetic testing is concerned with testing an individual for a specific condition. One method of genetic screening takes the form of a DNA-sized probe to track when its identical sequence is discovered inside the cell. And once that matching code is found and additional tests confirm the match, genetic testing may be conducted, a diagnosis reached, and then treatment prescribed. There are many different types of genetic screening, including prenatal genetic screening, which can range from testing amniotic fluid, drawing blood from the mother, and even taking a sample of embryonic cells formed by in vitro fertilization. A typical newborn genetic screening looks for a number of conditions, including sickle cell disease, cystic fibrosis, and severe combined immunodeficiencies. In the case of our newborn with SMA, like all those with SMA, he was missing a gene that makes the proteins that allow motor neurons to work. In 1995, scientists discovered which precise gene was missing from those with SMA, which later led to a handful of remarkable innovations surrounding treatment, one of which introduces copies of the missing gene into a person's cells and causes the body to start producing the protein that allows motor neurons and muscles to function. When it comes to genetic disorders, diagnosing and treating a disease quickly is paramount. For example, when a baby is born with SMA type 1, half of their motor neurons have already been lost to the disease. If too many motor neurons are damaged, treatment is less effective, and the chances they'll ever learn to sit up, let alone walk or run, are extremely small. Life expectancy for infants with SMA type 1 is about two years. But if a baby is treated early, the results can be transformative. After treatment, babies with even the most severe form of the disease may reach significant physical developmental milestones, including sitting and walking. Our newborn with SMA type 1 was one of them. Thanks to genetic screening, he was able to start treatment at 19 days old, which gave his body the ability to start producing the necessary proteins to make his motor neurons function properly. His parents were awestruck. His muscles grew and developed. At five months old, he didn't show any outward symptoms of this once fatal disease. Newborn genetic screening has not only increased the potential for revolutionary treatments to be successful, but it has also dramatically improved other forms of care, like physical therapy. Let's go back to our infant with SMA. And let's start talking about this case as a hypothetical. Because genetic screening identified our infant as having SMA when he was just a week old, and he started receiving treatment less than two weeks later, the role of physical therapy can be radically different than if the infant hadn't undergone screening or been formally diagnosed with SMA. In newborns who aren't screened or whose condition is not discovered so early, physical therapy plans may be designed to provide their atrophying muscles with physical support. For example, an infant with SMA type 1 would generally require physical therapy several times a week, coupled with specialized physical supports and equipment. 
This kind of physical therapy can help the baby use what mobility they have to best engage with their family and environment. But when genetic screening identifies a specific neuromuscular condition like SMA early, physical therapy can do so much more. It changes from care that focuses on making the baby as physically comfortable as possible to one that can potentially help them reach physical milestones. Newborn genetic screening has dramatically changed the way specific diseases progress by providing personalized treatment. As treatments become more sophisticated and targeted, they can truly transform a child's life, especially when administered early. Special thanks to Dr. Emily Grant and Tina Duong, a clinical researcher in neurology and physical therapist at Stanford University School of Medicine, for sharing their expertise in the research of this episode. This is DDX, a podcast by Figure One. Figure One is an app that lets doctors share clinical images and knowledge about difficult-to-diagnose cases. I'm Dr. Raj Bardwaj, co-host and story editor of DDX. You can follow me on Twitter at Raj Bardwaj MD. Head over to figureone.com slash DDX, where you can find full show notes, photos, and speaker bios. This episode was brought to you by Novartis Gene Therapies. For more education on gene therapy, visit genetherapynetwork.com. Thanks for listening.